I firmly believe tonight that anybody can make it to heaven if they want to make it to heaven. There's not a problem with God's forgiveness. There's not a problem with God's grace. And there's not a problem with God's blood. The only reason people won't make it to heaven is they didn't want to get there. I can't wait to view that city. I can't wait to go where the Lamb is the light of the world. Oh, praise the Lord. Stand with me this evening. I would like to bring to you a word that I believe the Lord put on my heart for someone here tonight. One verse of Scripture in Micah chapter 7 and verse number 8. Very familiar passage of Scripture. The writer said, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, when I fall. Somebody say, when. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. When I fall, I shall arise. I want to preach tonight for a little while on the subject, doing what the devil doesn't expect. Doing what the devil. I just got a feeling the devil's in for a bad night tonight. Would you lift your hands toward heaven? Father, over the remainder of this service, I want your spirit to work in people's minds and in their hearts. Lord, there's people here that their eternal destiny could be decided by what they do in this service. God, I bind everything that would try to hinder or inhibit someone tonight from responding to the Lord. Give us that liberty that we desire in this service. We thank you for it, Lord. We give you praise. Can we clap our hands unto the Lord Jesus Christ all over this building? <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, bless you as you're being seated doing what the devil doesn't expect. The world in which we live seems to be moving at warp speed in comparison to the previous decades and even centuries. The good old days are often remembered because of the simplicity that they shared. Fifty years ago, those of you that were alive, from what I heard, the world was much simpler. People weren't so stressed to produce and to perform, but now there are times when I felt like looking for the pause button just to catch my breath. Everything is planned out to the T. Everything is structured and organized and calendar driven, woven into the fabric of society is the often overlooked element of life that keeps things flowing like clockwork. Some call it managing. Others call it planning. Simply, derived, simply put, it's derived from a single word called strategy. One definition of the word strategy is this. A plan, method, or series of maneuvers for obtaining a specific goal. In essence, the game plan, the blueprint that a person, team, army, or enemy will use to obtain a desired goal or complete victory. The game plan is important. It provides direction. It gives insight. Details are established and victory is determined. Think about it with me. Teachers have lesson plans. 
Managers make schedules. Teams follow plays that are called by the coach. And the military responds to orders given from their general. All of them are strategies. You in your own life, your own family, you lay out your calendar, your work schedule, your vacation. Everything in life has a strategy. A strategy. But there's one thing that I know that will throw the strategy out the window. One thing that forces the enemy to readjust. One thing that puts an uneasiness in the gut of every opponent. One thing that puts their heels, uh, puts them on their heels in retreat. And that is when something happens that they didn't expect. I want to take a moment to remind you that we do indeed have an enemy. 1 John 4, 6 says, Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. On the surface, it would seem that these two entities were exact opposites. Spirit of truth, spirit of error. But let me submit this to you this evening. Satan is not the opposite of God. Bad is the opposite of good. Bright is the opposite of dark. Evil is the opposite of righteousness. But Satan is not the opposite of God. To be an opposite would mean that it has equal power and ability for the opposite reasons. But Satan does not have all power. Satan is not omnipresent. Satan is not all-knowing, but God is all-powerful. God is ever-present, and God is all-knowing. God knows your end before you knew your beginning. God knows your tomorrow before you take today's breath. God knows everything about your life, but Satan doesn't. God has all knowledge. He has all power. He can do anything. God knows what's happening at the end of your life before you breathe your first breath. But Satan is not all-knowing. He's not all-present. And he's not all-powerful. So Satan's knowledge of your life is equal with your knowledge of your life. Only God knows your tomorrow. Satan doesn't. Only God knows your thoughts. Satan doesn't. So, if Satan does not know all about your life and he doesn't know what you're doing tomorrow, that means the only thing he has is a plan. That's why the writer says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. All he's looking for is someone that he can trip up. Someone, someone that he can cause to, to fall and, 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 and cause you to stumble in your walk with God. But Satan doesn't know what you're doing tomorrow. Satan doesn't know what you're doing next week. He has a plan. But he, you may fall sometimes, but hear me tonight. Everyone is subject to the fall. We think of bad people falling. But Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a just man, 
will fall seven times. A good man is going to fall. I don't care how super spiritual they think they are. As long as they wake up and they breathe this air we're breathing and they, they put their feet on the earth, they're subject to the fall. A fall does not mean sin. You know how somebody falls? They just get off balance. Something, something unexpected came and kind of knocked them. Something that, that they didn't see coming. It could be a, a season of life. The wind could blow too hard. But something happened. A situation that you were not prepared for. These moments are allowed by God with the sole purpose of making you better. Job did not sin. But God removed the hedge so that the enemy could work his plan. If you look at the story of Job, Satan did not target Job. God said, hast thou considered my servant Job? Read Job chapter 1. And he said, oh Lord, I can't touch him. He said, I, I will remove the hedge. But you can't take his life. And so all, all enemy had was a plan. This is what I'm going to do to Job. And he laid out his plan. But God allowed that to happen because he was going to do something great through Job's life. And you're looking at your life going, God, why did this happen? God, I don't understand how this happened. And God, how could you allow this? But you hear me. God draws a line in the sand in everybody's life. And God says, Satan, you can only go so far. And you may be in here tonight saying, you know what, preacher, I can't believe I I fell. I can't believe I didn't trust God when I should have trusted God. I can't believe when I did this and I did that, but you hear this preacher tonight. Your fall is not final. Your condition is not your conclusion. All the devil has for your life is a plan. And how do you throw a plan out the window? You do something the devil doesn't expect. You may have come in here tonight thinking, how can I worship when my life is like this? i tell you how you do it. You lift your hands in the air and say rejoice not against me oh my enemy I may have come in this place down but I'm going to worship God when I don't feel like worshiping hey you want to know how you throw the devil's plan out the window you do something he don't think you'll do there's people in here and just like myself, I'm human. There's times we come to the house of God when everything was going crazy in our life and we just went through the motion. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. We know how to do this because we know we don't want to look bad so when other people raise their hands, we raise them. When other people clap, we clap. It's almost like we get in robotic mode. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. I've, I've, been, I've heard the preacher give altar calls and I didn't know he even read the text. I was, I was there in body, but I wasn't there in mind. You know what I'm talking about. When life is going crazy, and you're here out of obligation and duty to the Lord, but you're not here in mind, and we fall right into His plan. We just do exactly what He wants us to do. And we, go, we come in the same we, we We come in one way and leave, we leave the same way. We come in here down and we leave down. We come in depressed and we leave depressed. We come in here weighed and we leave weighted down. But you know how you throw the enemy crazy? Is when you come in there and you're feeling like this, you do the opposite of what he thinks you'll do. You throw those hands in the air and you start worshiping God.
You begin to clap. You do something that'll just, because the enemy's going to look around going, hold up a minute. This ain't a part of the plan. This isn't how I thought you would do it. You know, there's a time you came into church. The devil don't mind you going to church. He just don't want you getting anything out of church. There was a time you came in a sinner and he thought you would leave a sinner. But somewhere along the way, you did something that he didn't expect. You came down to an altar, Brother Spanky, and you threw your hands in the air and God filled you with the Holy Ghost. And ever since then, the devil's been having a bad day. I wonder what would happen if everybody in this place tonight said, I'm going to do the opposite of what I feel. I don't feel like worshiping, but I'm going to worship. I don't feel like clapping, but I'm going to clap. I don't feel like dancing, but I'm going to dance. Let me tell you, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. Don't you listen to the voice of the devil. Don't you listen to peer pressure. You can leave full of the Holy Ghost. But preacher, you don't know how much I've done in my life. You don't know the things I've done. You're right. I don't know the things you've done. Just like I don't know what everybody else in this place, I have no way of knowing all that. It doesn't matter if I know. It doesn't matter because God can forgive all sins. There's no big sin or little sin in God's eye. You know, some people think, there's no way my situation could turn around. You ever met any of those people? Preacher, you don't know what I've done. There's no way. Let me tell you. I read a story one time. There's a painting. I don't remember the guy's name. I can't pronounce it even if I do it, if I had it in front of me. But he painted a picture. And the name of the picture was called Checkmate. And it's a portrait of two people sitting at a chess, at a at a at a checker. Uh, chessboard and on the left side is what someone that represents the devil and on the right side someone that would represent a human is a human and there's sheer panic and worry over the human's face because the devil has him in checkmate and one day true story it was set up in this art museum And tourists were going through. And one day there was a boy who was standing there staring at the painting. And everybody kept walking by and looking at it. This boy kept standing there looking at the painting. And all of a sudden this boy started hollering, It's a lie! It's a lie! The king can still move. He was, everybody was looking at the painting and accepted it as fate. But this boy was studying the move, the, the chessboard, the checkers chessboard. And he realized it's a lie. The king can still move. I've come to tell someone in this place tonight, you may be looking at the grand scheme of things, saying there's no way it can get any better. But I've come to declare it's a lie. It's a lie. The king can still move in your life. You may say I've sinned too much. You haven't sinned too much. You may say I've fallen too far. You haven't fallen too far because God is in this place. If you believe it, clap your hands. You see, we talk, you maybe see you we talk about fighting the fight of faith. Let me tell you, the fight that you're fighting is not the fight of men. Your strength does not come from men, it comes in the power of God. That's why Paul said, 
in Ephesians 6 and 10. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. There are times that man's strength is not sufficient. It's not sufficient. I don't care who they are. They're not strong enough to handle the load that life brings. Because it's unique for every person. So if you're trying to do this in your own strength, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. You have to, you have to understand, my strength, my ability to get back up is not in me. It's in what God put inside of me. The Spirit of God. That's how you can get back up. In fact, if, if, if Satan knew and could see what would happen on the other side of the fall, what would happen on the other side of the plan, he would have never messed with you. Because the Scripture says, if for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If Satan would have known that me getting into Judas, leading to the betrayal of Christ, would have led to Calvary and him coming and getting the keys of death, hell and the grave, and resurrecting himself for the salvation of men, then the devil would have said, oh, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do it. But you see, he don't know your tomorrow. He doesn't know your next week. And, and and so if he could see what you would be after the fall, he would have never messed with you. But you know what he's got? He's got somebody looking at him that says, Rejoice, not against me, devil. I may be down right now. I may look like I'm out. But I've got the Holy Ghost inside of me. And you didn't keep him down the first time. And you're not going to keep him down this time. I've come to preach a word of faith to somebody in this building tonight. It's time you leave out of this place saying, I'm leaving better than when I came in. Stand with me all over this building right now. Somebody needs to make up in your mind. I'm going to do the opposite of what I feel like doing tonight. You may not feel like coming to an altar. You know what you need to do? Come to an altar. You may not feel like lifting up your hands and worshiping God. You know what you need to do? Put up your hands and begin to worship God. You cannot live for God based upon your feelings. Because if we're all honest, I'll start with me. There's been times I didn't feel like worshiping. I didn't feel like dancing. You don't praise God because you feel it. You feel Him because you praise Him. You say, well, I'm not going to fake it. It ain't faking it. It's faith in it. You do it because you know, even though I don't feel it, I know when I start, something's going to happen. I'm going to start feeling something. I'm reaching for somebody here tonight, church. I'm reaching for someone who needs a breakthrough so bad. Hear me. During the presidential campaign in 1960, Senator John F. Kennedy delivered a speech at the Alamo. Although now a memorial, it was once a battleground for brave Texans who tried in vain to stand against an overpowering Mexican army. After the speech, Kennedy was scheduled to make a hasty exit. Turning to one of the local politicians, he said, man, i got to get out of here. Where's the back door? To which the man politely replied, Senator, if there had been a back door in the Alamo, there would be no heroes. 
in that book right there, if there were back doors, Hebrews chapter 11 wouldn't exist. But there were people that said, God, I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. I don't know what your plan is. And my life is under attack. But I'm not going to give up right now. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to dust myself off. And I'm going to say like Job, though he slay me, then I'm going to trust him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to praise him. And I preach to people in Wallace Ridge tonight that you may feel like you've been knocked down by all that life has to offer. Rejoice not against me. I may have come in this service feeling knocked down, but I'm going to leave this service back up in the presence of God. With your eyes closed and your hands raised all over this building tonight, God's pulling for people. I say this politely. I say this respectfully. But there are people. I've been here almost seven months. And I've yet to see you get a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying that as a personal attack by no means. But please hear the burden of a pastor tonight. Now's not the time to leave the same way that you came. But now's the time to make up in your mind. God, I'm going to that altar. And I'm not leaving until I have a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost.